We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Pete, joined by Darius and Mike. And it was the first practice of training camp today. Exciting times. Mike, your first question to Vogel was about that, right? Like that idea of they've been spending all summer conceptualizing and theorizing what this will look like, what that'll look like. And this is the first day of it being in the gym with all the guys in an official capacity and seeing where the the rubber meets the road a bit. And so you asked, uh, that was the nature of, of your first question to Vogel. And his response, the first thing he said was just getting the new guys up to speed with his defensive principles. And then the second thing I, I transcribed it, I rarely do this, but I transcribed this um, and I want to read it directly because I think we are in the middle of a shift in style of play that's fairly severe for the caliber of team that we are. And several things, whether it's uh, my suspicion that we were moving on from Mark or AD possibly playing at the five, all kind of play into this style of play, right? And and what I think we're going for. So I want to read this directly from Vogel. He said, We did look at a a few different ways to really uh, build the running habit. Isn't that an interesting phrase, the running habit? We want to be uh, the best fast-breaking team in the NBA. Um, We have dynamic players, and and adding a guy like Russ, the speed that he brings to the table, we want to uh, support him, you know, and get everybody running. Uh, That's when we're going to be at our best. That's when we were at our best two years ago, you know, when we led the league in fast-break points. And uh, I think those two things, along with, uh, you know, some some different early offense looks, you know, that, that we put in, uh, they're a little bit different than who we were last year uh, to try to open things up. That quote speaks to the shift that I think that we're making, D, is we are really going to try to run, right? Like there are all these different yeah. ways of going about trying to win, right? Different styles of play. The best sports analogy I could make would be like a 3-4 defense versus a 4-3 defense in the NFL. And different personnel fit a 4-3 defense than a 3-4 defense. And so our personnel very much is uh, I, I've been trying to, to wrestle this and maybe you can help me wrestle this idea and wrangle this idea in of how 
our talent matches the ability to run, the ability to win with our athleticism. And I think that we're, we're, we've made roster shifts. And today is the beginning of the rubber hitting the road of the philosophical parts of that, right? Like, what are we going to do in this situation? How is Vogel later made a comment about how there are going to be times where Russ gets the rebound and LeBron leaks out, but also vice versa, where LeBron gets the rebound and Russ is the one that's filling the lane on the hit ahead. So talk to me, D, about the idea of marrying your philosophies. This is how we want to play with the talent that you have on the team, because that is when you get the best out of a team is when it fits the guys that you have. And I would argue that this team is different than any other roster that we've had, at least under Frank Vogel in that respect. A lot to discuss in that question right there. There's so much meat on that bone. From a team building standpoint, I think it's pretty clear from what Rob Palinka said uh, like a week and a half ago that he wanted to get back towards the type of roster construction that existed two seasons ago relative to his big men. And I think that that's where this starts for me is with the bigs. And Mike, you mentioned it on the last podcast about Vogel's affinity for a certain type of big man defensively. And I think that that also plays in to the point that Vogel was making offensively, because what the Lakers want is they want to disrupt the painted area. And when you disrupt the paint, it allows you to play a different style of basketball on the perimeter as well. And if you listen to the comments that A.D. and Russ made in their sort of little joint media availability after the practice, they talked a lot about, um, Russ did initially about what it's like having a big man like Anthony Davis behind him protecting the paint and how that enables him to play up on the ball and get into the ball a little bit more. And these ideas of defensive approach they're symbiotic all within the same type of scheme and it builds and it builds into the idea that you mentioned Pete about building running habits right and running habits are going to be established by being a defense a high defensive rebounding team like a high yep. level defensive rebounding mm-hmm. team and a team that is built off of pressuring you into misses and mistakes Right. right. And all of that is based off of a certain type of physicality that I think the team was going for with the types of players that they acquired. Now, we'll get into this idea more. But, Mike, I think it's super interesting to sort of hear Vogel, because at the end of the last pod, we were talking about, hey, that defensive identity and want and want and want. And here Vogel again, I think, leading with defense as the initial sort of the opening salvo to what he prefers for his style of play. And and like a tiger's not going to change his stripes and Vogel's a defensive tiger. Yeah, no question. That's where he's always going to go to first. And that's where we were also like why we thought, okay, maybe Bazemore would have an edge over Ellington in the starting lineup. And then we learned that Mark was essentially being swapped for DeAndre. And then, okay, well, in that case, maybe they are going to have more shooting. And now, you know, I'm, well, I'm sure we could do a whole podcast on the whole AD um, at the five versus the four. Uh, we, we certainly talked about it a lot before. Um, I continue to think that not much has really changed other than them wanting to go more towards 
2019-20 as opposed to last year uh, where they played in Vogel said, said this in media day where they played Harrell and they played Gasol and then eventually Drummond came so AD may start some games at center I, I still think that Dwight and DeAndre are going to start several games um, at center and basically AD is going to be playing 35 minutes and some more will be played at center than at power forward but he will still play both and how that fits into this actual thing about running um, is more to do with Russ, at least in the way that Frank led yeah. this discussion. And so after he gave the answer that Pete just said, I asked him specifically about Russ, and he said... It's noticeable how, um, how different the speed looks, A, in front of you in practice, in live, and B, on your side. <laughs> like, it's, it's really exciting. You know, I'm going to be honest, you know, that uh, myself, our whole coaching staff, um, you know, he's just a blur out there. I had some other people commenting to me um, that were in that were in there like, whoa, you know, this guy, it, it's just he's just shot out of a cannon, not just in full court, but in the half court. And like what he does, Vogel's one of his favorite phrases is paint to great. Now, he's not the only coach that says this, but he said his first practice, he was he was basically a, a paint to great factory, which I appreciate it maybe that could be the title of the episode Yo, coaches if you listen to a conversation between two coaches like half of it it, it must sound like a complete completely different language because there's so many phrases to kind of like wrap up a certain concept in a, in a short and succinct way and yeah. that's like half of their conversations it's hilarious and this one is is simple right it's just it, it, they want they want guys to get into the paint to set up a better shot because it makes the defense collapse and that's of course one of the things that Westbrook is so great at and so he's getting into the paint kicks out for an open three getting in the paint draws the defense drops it off for a dunk and apparently that's what he did all practice and he was just too fast for everybody and he was a blur um in that sense so yeah go ahead Darius no I was just gonna say that um I said this a long time ago about Russ but I'm sure y'all have played Mario Kart in in your past sure. you know there are those arrows on the course in Mario Kart that you 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 ride over the arrow and it sort of shoots you like a speed, almost like a nitrous hit, right? Yeah. And a thing yeah. that I've said about Russ in the past is that his shoes are made from the arrows in Mario Kart because this dude, when he turns it on, and so Mike just dug into oh the old Nintendo sixty four into yeah. a duffel bag, a Lakers duffel, <laughs> a, a Lakers duffel, a Lakers bag duffel bag, and, <laughs> and pulled out a copy of of his Nintendo sixty four Mario Kart with. With what I will say was a beautiful hue of gold controller to to go with it as well. You don't want to see you don't want to see me and Yoshi in sixty four Mario Kart. Oh Yoshi, look! You don't want to see me. Oh God, with how competitive you are! Oh God, you on Mario Kart. It was that you're so competitive. Just uh, when I was in college. Goldeneye, yeah. Oh, Goldeneye. As long as Goldeneye, you weren't I'm odd job. Yeah. No, come you, on, man. Well, you That's weren't an odd job. Come on. Obviously, exactly. odd, obviously odd job is outlawed. Um, I, yeah, right. I have spreadsheets from back in the day and went a little too hard. Oh, my yep. <laughs> Friends eventually got a little annoyed uh, at me, and it's. I'm still learning, guys. I'm still I'm growing. Shocked. I'm still growing, but, yeah, you, you hit shocked. the sweet spot there with, with uh, Mario Kart and Goldeneye. So I'm thanks shocked. for bringing that up. All right, so we're, so we're hitting them arrows with, yes, with because uh, Russell Westbrook. Yes, he is a guy that can change the tenor of the game with his burst. And this has been a Rob Palinka yes. theme, right? Like he got, there were, Palinka caught some strays in the early part of his tenure with using words like thrust 
right? Like we want to build a roster with thrust and it's sort of like, oh, look at Rob where he's got a copy of the alchemist and he's, you know, quoting scripture passages and he's telling us about building rosters with thrust. And it's just like, who is this dude? But those, but those sort of (laughs) opening comments that he had like years, years ago, those have informed the types of players that he has gone after. He has a philosophy. He has a very clear basketball philosophy and all of this plays into it. And to get back to Vogel and sort of the marriage of all of these ideas that I think that you were talking about earlier, Pete, is that Vogel understands the nature of connectivity within how a game can go, right? And he sees the direct relationship between defensive stops and running. And he understands his personnel. When you've got Russell Westbrook and LeBron James and Anthony Davis, you've got three of the more gifted transition players at their respective positions ever, not just in the league today, ever. And so building out a philosophy that connects these ideas I think is super important. And I think the the fueling of that with the type of roster that has been con- constructed around him with, honestly, more like tweener forwards, more guys who are shooters that can operate, that can run deep corner or or who can shoot from a trail, trail position. The swapping out of a stretch big man like Gasol, who is going to be more of a delay action player versus rim running big big men who are collapsing defenses by their ability to run the middle lane and what that does for the rest of your early offense actions those were some of the things that I was envisioning when I listened to the quote from the head coach again it's a style of play and it's Russ that changes the equation that ability to hit the arrows We're going to play a different style of basketball than we've played the last two seasons. I'm really convinced of that. And it's because Russ is such a an impactful impactful omnipresent figure on the floor that Mike I've never been a big AD has to play the 5, AD has to start at the 5 type of guy until we made the move for Russ in particular. I've agreed with a lot of the reasons for starting AD at at the 4 and that's something that those don't go away, but the the reasons why it's important with Russ in the picture are twofold. One is like, how is Mark, for example, going to run with Russ? Like if he's not, if he gets the rebound, which he doesn't get a lot of rebounds, if he gets the rebound, he can make an outlet pass, right? But one of the values of Russell Westbrook is that he's the one that's getting the rebound and you don't need an outlet pass. You can just rebound and run. That's the video that I, that I made on, on Westbrook, right? So you ideally the five in that lineup is somebody who can fill a lane and run the floor, but there's also spacing issues. When we saw, when we saw Westbrook uh, in, in Houston alongside Clint Capella, those lineups versus when Capella wasn't on the floor were significantly, uh, I'm sorry, those lineups with Capella on the floor with Westbrook were significantly worse than the ones with Capella off of the floor. That doesn't mean Capella can't play or that Westbrook can't, but when you when you have another non-shooter on the floor with Russ, you start to run into some real difficult problems uh, just in terms of spacing in the half court. So 
I've never, again, again, I've never been like, oh, AD has to start at the five. We've all known. And he's, as you always say, he's played plenty of five. But I would argue that Russ's addition changes the equation so much that we almost had to build this roster and team around Russ and our style of play around Russ. And I know it's like reflexive to be like, but we won a championship with other guys. Russ has never led a team to a title. Why would we build around him? But I think that it's it's necessary for, he's got very specific talents that I think that we need to build around. Yeah, so there's a lot there. I, I'm trying to, um, to not just do the whole AD at the five conversation again, because everything that you just said, I think is totally sensible. Um, I, I just, I think that we're not only going to see AD start at the five, right? There's going to be a plenty of time where DeAndre or Dwight do start. You think our starting lineup will vary? Like, not not because of injury, I but because it, of like game I shouldn't to say game I know that it will. matchup I, type thing? I know that there are plenty of people internally that still overall like the starting a classic mm-hmm. big. And again, we're talking about like 10 minutes of the game at the first and the third quarter. I just don't think it matters that much. But I think sure. ultimately AD will play more five than he did. And all of your points about Russ is a big reason why. But he did. He still played a lot of five. And in fact, the majority of the five in a lot of the key playoff games when they won the title. So I'm just like, this is not new stuff. Like they've they've known that AD is going to play at the five and Russ aids that. But I just have never seen it as as like he's sure. the starting five now. Um, I think he's going to start at the five in certain matchups and in other matchups, they're going to start Dwight or DeAndre. Interesting. That that would yeah. be it. It does. That would be. That's fairly rare in the NBA for a team to kind of yeah. adjust matchups, you know, night to night uh, on a game to game basis. I mean, so Frank, I'm, I'm curious. To, it's funny because Frank did it if, if in his second game coaching for the Lakers when he started AD in the second half against Gobert. Even though Gobert, no, but yeah, but, but I'm saying different. that was the that's, first time that we saw he's he flexible start the game, with his though. lineups, whether it's at the half or whether it's at a game. And then in sure. that playoff run. Dwight started against Jokic and then other times didn't play. JaVale started and didn't play. The but playoffs yeah. are a different animal. I mean, yeah. reg- and so yeah, it's I mean just regular a, season. I yeah. still don't think thing, AD, the whole conversation with him about are you comfortable starting at the five, he's just now, he's talked to LeBron, he's talked to Russ, he's talked to whoever, and there he does seem to be more comfortable, but not to the point where that's just what he is now. He's just a center and that's their lineup. And here's their starting lineup. It's AD at the five. And that's what we're doing. I, I don't, I don't think it's that, but we're, we're now getting distracted on this uh, again. So I, I was going to answer your original point on it, but yeah, no, it all ties together, right? Like if, if Frank says our goal is to be the best fast breaking team in the NBA, part of maximizing that is maximizing Russ. That's what's different from two years ago. Like, just strictly in transition, strictly in the fast break game, think of the difference between Russell Westbrook and Avery Bradley or Danny Green and KCP, who ran the the floor, was great at running the floor, but in a totally different role, right? And so... Like, can we really be that team with putting the spacing issues aside? Can we really be that team if we've got a traditional five and Anthony Davis at the four? Well, like, so how about Showtime Lakers, right? Too. With Kareem trailing the play? Some Can, can, like, I, it, can right? I jump in here? Because I do think that there is a middle please, ground. Please. And I think that the idea of building habits means that you need everyone to be on board when you're building habits and your habits need to be flexible and accommodating enough in order to absorb everyone because everyone is going to need to be able to play a certain way. And so I do think the Lakers can be a really good 
fast-breaking team even with the other big men they have on their roster right now. Because I do think that DeAndre Jordan can run the floor. I think that Dwight Howard can can run the floor. And I think that you set up different types of game situations with Anthony Davis at power forward that allow you to be a different type of running team. Like if Anthony Davis is playing power forward, he's most likely going to be playing someone who is trying to stretch the floor a little bit more, right, than if he was playing center. Some of what AD does best, I think, is be able to stick with a shooter whether it's off of a switch or if it's on on the perimeter, be a closeout player and then be someone who is running because the rebounding behind him is also strong. And I think that there are ways to bridge bridge that gap that I that I do think can be under a larger umbrella, say, yeah, AD at power forward. Dwight Howard at center, we can be a running team, even with that sort sort of lineup. That said, I do think, Pete, to your point, that when and that optimizing the running game to its like nth to the nth degree, right? And and also accommodating the specific nature of Russell Westbrook's game. That is where Anthony Davis's yeah. versatility and and his ability and and flexibility to play more five is going to matter. And Vogel's quote, I thought, was super interesting from Media Day about getting back more to a model of the 1920 season. AD played about 40 of his regular season minutes, 40% of his regular season minutes at center that year, and about 60% of his minutes at center during the playoffs. And I could imagine that that would be true again, like that playoff percentage of 60-40 center to power forward, that that could be a full season worth of minutes. That's what Vogel is still saying, right? Like you, he's he's been consistent on the AD thing. You saw what he said on, on media day. He was asked about it, and, and he's basically like, yeah, you know, AD is going to play both. You know, he's not like AD is our starting center. I, I think that comes from his true belief of pairing him with a big for at least some of the game and some of the season. And the running stuff, people, I know you have, you still have more to say on this topic, and I get that it fits into this whole theme. I just think the running, Westbrook alone is a fast break. And now you're, you're, AD, you're having LeBron there too. Like, to me, those two are the ones that sort of make it go. And it's not necessarily about this whole team that's kind of constructed to run around Russ, even if that's the idea. I don't know if that's something with a team that, with, like, with this many vets and having to play at least a couple of bigs here and there. I don't know if that whole, that thing sustains for the whole season, especially knowing that at times LeBron does like to play some in the half court. So I just think it's all of the above. I think we're going to see all of this stuff, and there isn't just one sort of idea, even if that's what we started with today. For sure. And I mean, a good basketball team is never one, in, one idea entirely, but I actually disagree in that I do think that a lot of what we're trying to do in gear toward, this is my suspicion at least, and has been for a while, is absolutely to try to run with Russ. That's the goal this year is run with Russ because we can always go back to LeBron and now figuring out those lineups and what Russ does in those more stagnant half-court situations. That's a whole nother conversation altogether. But I, 
I think that there is a level of yeah, Let's yeah, take yeah. a quick break. We'll come back and, and uh, we'll keep uh, keep talking about this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so I, I want to try to reframe where I'm coming from on this, and I didn't want to necessarily have this devolve into another 80 at the 5 conversation, but I have a theory. Let me put it this way. And my theory for a while has been, uh, I'll, I'll get into the longer version at some other point, but my, my theory is exactly that, that idea that we're going to play a different style of basketball. You make all sorts of choices from a coaching perspective early in the season where you look at your roster and be like, okay, what can this guy do? What is that guy good at? And I think that we've talked about like the ability to run with Russ. Well, what are the reasons why Anthony Davis hasn't done this before? I think it's interesting to examine through, through that lens as well is part of it is the 82 game grind of banging with bigger players, right? There's physical demands of the center spot that having guys like Russell Westbrook being able to crack down and drop down from the perimeter and provide physicality when they do that. One of the rumored guys in the starting lineup uh, in the athletic piece that, um, that was published was Trevor Ariza. And I'm concerned about Ariza's foot speed on the perimeter. But one thing he still does well uh, that, that I saw on tape, when he drops down into the paint, he's uh, He's a presence on the defensive boards. He is exactly the type of player, as is Russ, that if you have AD at the five, can help mitigate some of the reasons why he wouldn't play there. So my my theory, guys, which could totally be wrong, but it's been my theory for a while, and it's been the reason why I didn't think that we were going to go back to, to Mark and why I thought that. And while Vogel said, yeah, yeah we're going to play both, like AD was pretty... Not definitive, but he was. He said, I, I'm preparing to play center this year. And I think that he'll probably, when he does play the four, will be when Russ isn't on the court. But anyhow, I've gone in a, a few different places there. But D, take us uh, no, so where look, you want to take us. If 
Anthony Davis plays 35 minutes a game and 35 of his minutes are at center, I'd be surprised. If he plays 35 minutes a game and 25 of those minutes are at center, I'd be a little bit surprised, but I think that that's like possible, right? I do think that when I open up this pod by saying like a tiger doesn't change his stripes, I think Vogel, right, regardless of what like where any of this is coming from, within the context of like, what's the idea behind this roster or what's the best way for us to play? Or me even talking earlier about like the connectivity between elite defense and running, right? Telling a team with Russell Westbrook and LeBron James and Anthony Davis, yeah, like let's play in transition more. You and me could do that, Pete, right? Like, like, sure. Yes, not adding right. a lot of we're value not, there. Yeah. And is <laughs> and is highbrow Laker sneakers as we are, this doesn't like this isn't Oh Lord. It's not rocket science. It's really it's not. not rocket science. That's all no. I've been saying. Like they, they led it, the it, league in transition when they no, won the but, title. AD played a lot of but, five. Like it's not it's not like a new concept. But you can no, but you can you can yes. turn certain gears y- yes. to help accentuate that, right? And that's what a coach does. Is it's it's not obviously you don't have to tell those guys to run, but yeah, you can and, help it be so more efficient. What I was gonna get to with with my point there is is that I think Vogel is still going to have a soft spot for this idea of like we're gonna play big and we're gonna punish you at the same time. And I do too. I just hope Russell yes, Westbrook well, isn't on the floor. I think that when that's look, happening. We're going to have a lot of conversations this year. And I wasn't on the pod with Royce, but I heard Royce talk plenty. And I'm going to reference that pod a lot this year because I thought it was super insightful, the conversation that you two had with Royce Young, now member of the Oklahoma City Thunder as an employee and no longer like a writer for for ESPN. That's how sort of insightful Royce is, right? That the team said, you know what? We, We go hire this dude, right? And so- the idea, though, that Russ Russ isn't going to be perfect all of the time, and there's going to be plenty of times where it's just like, we're going to be like, what the hell is this, right? Like, this doesn't look right at all. Right. Something needs to change, and there's going to be people right. pulling their hair out a little bit, too. And so when you're talking about, yeah, I, I just hope that when that happens, Russ isn't on the floor. I, I Like, I mean, not— I, I sort of chuckled to myself, Mike, the other day when they have their own philosophies said, that can got, be rigid. I've got yeah. so many mm-hmm. good players, and I'm thinking about all of these lineups that all of these options I'm going to have. And my first thought was, "Yeah, show me a team, show me any team in the history of the game, right? <laughs> that every lineup you play works." Like, that just doesn't happen. I don't care how many good players you have. Like, that's just not going to happen, right? There are times where skill sets just simply do not mesh. And guess what? Coaches still play those lineups. And they play those lineups because they're creatures of habit. And they want things to work a certain way. And they, and they have their own ideas and philosophies. And, and no one is going to be so flexible that they're just going to say, oh, well, this is a whole new thing. And so, like, I'm with you, Pete, within the context of, hey, man, the way that this roster is built, and I, saw, and I sort of wrote this at Silver Screen and Roll that when I said the rim. is going to yep, play yep. more center this year. And one of the reasons he's going to play more center this year is, honestly, for me, 
I think the guards and wings that this team has that are more backcourt players or perimeter players, they're better than DeAndre Jordan. And Frank Vogel isn't a dummy. And in order to build out productive lineups, he's going to go to the players who help you more, even if it's not necessarily the style of play that he would most want to play. Right. I think if you put a gun to Frank Vogel's head and said, here's five players, right? Choose the five that you want. If if two of them could be seven foot dudes. Right. And one of them be Anthony Davis. Yeah. Right. And then give me the other guards. He's going to go with that one every single time. But the 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 construction of this specific team, I don't think lends itself to that, to going in that direction more. And so the turning of the dial that you said, Pete, I think that that's real. I just don't think the dial is going to be all the way at 20, right? Where it's just like, oh, well, we're blowing out our speakers because we, because we turned the dial so much. But guess what? Last season, the dial was at three, Right. And in the championship season, it was probably at like, I don't know, in between eight and 12 for most of the season. Right. And if this year it's in between 12 and 15, that's going to seem way different from last season. Right. When the Dow was at three. But it's not going to be but it's not going to seem so different from the 1920 season where some nights it really was at 12. And so that's why, but the style of play point that you're making, Pete, I think that's very real. And that's why I yeah, think- it's Russell Westbrook is what changes it. Like Westbrook is the thing that makes it way different. Yes, yes. And, and I can agree with that, even if Anthony Davis, and, and in a weird way, Anthony Davis is the portal for making that work more and making it look better right but but in order but now i'm gonna jump back on mike's side a little bit i don't think that it's going to be all ad at the sides there there are no sides there are no sides here well the point that you're making mike it's just i'm just making the point that this is all a simple reflection of the the modern nba fewer bigs that just do one thing are playing for any team it, the minutes are getting cut at that position. We saw it when the Lakers won the title. Last year was a weird year for a lot of different reasons. Um, the Lakers, they ran less. I think they scored five uh, fast break points per game less than the previous year when they led the league in 18 points per game. So they've always wanted to get back to the style. Now their players have had the rest. Of course, Russ is one of the best transition players. It's just like the whole eight, the, the big man concept and how do you get, how do you optimize a guy like Russ in certain situations, right, it is going to be by by having AD at the five, as with most other closing type lineups, unless you've got Jokic or Embiid or Towns, a guy that's so dominant offensively that you just sort of have to live with what they do defensively because you can't pick on. Uh, otherwise, you can pick on those guys on the other end of the floor. So I, I'm just I'm just trying to make the this is what the modern game is is telling us. And that's what Vogel is going to follow while sticking to his principles as much as he can to get through the regular season. And the argument that I'm making is that Russell Westbrook is so unique in this particular aspect that it changes. Like we can we can talk about like theoreticals, but when you actually have Russell Westbrook on your team, and what makes him unique, you mentioned about Russ being one of the best transition players in the NBA. He actually has his weaknesses, most definitely in the transition game. But what makes him 
unique and way different than even LeBron in this respect or Anthony Davis is he's the most relentless transition player in the NBA. He will run every single time, every single time that it makes any sense at all. And sometimes when it's not, it doesn't magic used to play this way too. And in doing that, regardless of who's on the floor with him, right? Right. He's going to, he's still going to run. And so you have to, those texts, uh, you know, that you were getting about how like, man, seeing it in person, seeing Russ just shot out of a cannon, it changes fundamentally how you play as a team. You have to fit it. You have to fit around it in a way that that's part of what's great about the shapeshifter superstars that we have, that they can do that in a way that like Russ can't blend in with them the way that they can blend in with him. But Russ is always going to run, D, and it's, it just fundamentally changes how we're going to go about it. Well, what I would say, too, and this is why I think we always, almost always at least, end up basically making very similar points within the same sort of side of the argument, right? And I don't want to talk about sides. Mike's going to stab me in the face with, like, I don't know. A Lakers with that, pen. With, with that, uh, with that Nintendo sixty four, yes, you're gonna get that gonna joystick jab me. right he's in the eye. Jab me, right, yeah. but the idea to me is Russ requires the most accommodations as as even, and we talked about this when the Lakers acquired him that he is the least flexible player of the star players that the Lakers have on on their roster. LeBron and AD are just much more adaptable. Right. And finding ways in order to maximize and optimize the strengths of Russell Westbrook is going to be important. I think that it's been one of the undertones of pretty much every comment that the that like the top people in the organization have made about Russ since he's been acquired. If you listen to Rob Palinka talk, if you listen to Frank Vogel talk, if you listen to, to LeBron James talk, they've almost all said some version of we want Russell Westbrook to play like Russell Westbrook, mm-hmm. right? Like the mm-hmm. app, and like they Vogel said it in af, in his media availability after the first first practice. We're not asking really anything of him that we haven't asked of him, or that hasn't been asked of him in in recent seasons. And that's just another frame, of, or that's just another way of of framing what what I just said, right? And so. In order to get the most out of him, I do think that it is going to be more AD at the five, right? It is going to be more LeBron and maybe a more versatile forward. It's why, to me, it makes sense that, like, Ariza is the guy that they're talking about, too, because he Ariza's also the more—he he is that guy—he is the version of Bazemore— that we were discussing, but at the combo forward position, right? He is the guy who can shoot a little bit. He is the guy who can defend some. Got he is some the guy size. who can get on the glass a little bit. He's he he can take he can take the um the tougher defensive matchup between the power forward and the small forward, and he's not going to complain about it in order and to by let the LeBron. Way, Westbrook and Ariza are super tight. Uh, yes, and so mm-hmm. just something to keep in mind for this. Westbrook loves Ariza. Oh, and, interesting point, yeah. Yeah, so Westbrook, they, they talked about it at Media Day. They did. Right after the trade, Russ said he literally immediately called Ariza, and Ariza was like, what the, you know, because he just saw the news break, and then Westbrook was on the phone. He's like, come to L.A. So that, that could factor in a little bit when we, when we think about lineup stuff. Great point, well, yeah. Also, too, that, like, it just makes sense 
the idea of what the Lakers are trying to do, particularly in the starting lineup, it, should AD start at the five and Ariza start at the other forward position, I 100% believe that's about optimizing Russell Westbrook within the context of the starting lineup, yes. the tone setting lineup yes. coming out of, of each half. Now, will there be games where I could envision that rather than making a change in the second half, that they make a change in in the, the first half? Maybe. Right? Like, and, and say, you know what? Tonight's a Dwight Howard night. And we're going to start Dwight. Right? Maybe against Denver. Because Denver is going to start sure. these dudes. And we Denver's want... Denver's one of those teams where, where you would start that way. Right? I, I, I don't have an objection to it. I just say that it's... That's very rare in the it NBA. It is very kinda, rare. That's more of a baseball type of... Approach, yeah, it's, right? it's still though, as coaches will always say, it really, really is more about the closing lineup than than the starting lineup, and we and all of this ink is being spilled right about the starting lineup. But it's we all but, know AD at the five is the best lineup, right? And it's that, gonna it's gonna be the one that plays together the most. It it is, but the difference between your starters, Mike, your starters play three, four times as many minutes as any other. Well, not not the token, have. not the token starting center lineup though, where if even you're playing the, one big if, like five minutes each half. I, you know? If you look at like, for example, so let's say the JaVale lineups. I bet if you look back on those seasons that it's maybe it's not four or five times, but it's probably three, three or four times as many minutes for that particular starting lineup than any other lineup that plays starters because you've got a pretty much a guaranteed 12 minutes per game with that group. And they're especially toward the end of the from the six minute mark of the third quarter on, you've got a pretty consistent stream of uh of substitutions all the way up to like the three minute mark of the last three minutes of the second quarter and the fourth quarter so anyway all that's to say that i don't think that ad starting at the five would fluctuate that much because you're in the regular season it's not about the team that you're matched up against it's about trying to come out of the gates as, as you put it d right so anyway we we will have so much more to so much more ink to spill on this as as Mike said. Um, it, for me, it's more about figuring out the style of play that we are looking to establish because I think we're going to see a, a very different Lakers team this year. Maybe I'm wrong, and we look a lot like we did two years ago. But I think that it, we're going to be something different. Super excited to cover all of that, and we'll do that uh, as we continue on the Laker Film Room podcast. James has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tips to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic got it. Magic fires. It's good. The Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. Three seconds left. Van Exel to win it. It's on the way. Kobe Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds. With his eighth block shot, the NBA Finals record. A lot of Laker fans okay, sticking so around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the move. Two, two, one. Listen! Unbelievable. It's over. Shot clock now to five. Bryant. Yes! 
And that was a little tough to Alvin Gentry. Add insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic trying to disrupt Rondo. He puts it in. Here's Davis. 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.